It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Welcome, dear listeners, to the rudiment alchemic... The dungeon of our ethereal play space that transcends space-time. Descend through the cavernous depths of our hive mind. Wriggle through the sulfurous tunnels of our hell's mouth and discover hidden treasures amongst the pockets of nightmares and scrabbling unnamed abominations. The deeper you dig, the darker and more magical are the rewards. To begin, place a monthly monetary value on our podcast. We dare you. Then, visit patreon.com slash rudealchemy and follow the instructions therein for how to pneumatically suction that sweet cash to our coffers. That's it! It's that simple! The dusty planks of our basement will then curl open for you to grab your pickaxe and reap the glinting, gemmery, and gaseous euphoria of our haunted little mine like the soot-faced child laborer you are. Unearth riches like looper reels from every season, soundtrack libraries, Shoutouts on chatter and lore, personalized audio gifts from the narrator, and many more unspeakable objects of your all-consuming greed. As you delve through layer after layer, you'll surrender more and more of the lie you call a self, forgetting even your own name, as you unquestioningly abandon your meaningless being to the dread firmament of this Our society, this, our essence, this, our rudiment, alchemic. Join. Remember, that's patreon.com slash rudealchemy. Or visit rudealchemy.com slash support. chatter and lore i'm andy my name is andrew i'm thomas uh my name is ryan and we are the creators of rude alchemy chatter and lore is that special place where we talk about rude alchemy who we are and why we're doing it and we also tell some stories that will expand the ridiculous universe we are creating if this is the first episode of rude alchemy you're listening to thank you welcome we are glad to have you but since this is an opportunity to enhance and expand the world of the series you might have a better time if you first listen to episodes from our current season it's called jabez flintwick salem patriot and all five episodes are available right now on this feed In this episode of Chatter and Lore, we'll be talking Jabez, playing some What Would Daddy Tom Do, and listening to a Jabez bonus story from Andrew. (laughs) 
Also, <laughs> if you can manage to stay up, <laughs> yeah, I'm on you. Also, yeah. if you can, ma- yeah, if you can manage to stay up late enough to get to the very end, we'll be revealing the title of our next season and a very special upcoming event. So let's oh. dive right in, shall we? We'll talk some Jabez, and we will be talking Jabez in the form of. Jabez versus Plague Clown's death match. <laughs> so yeah. if you've never played Jabez versus if you've never played a death match before, what we do is we take characters from one series and pit them against another series in a uh, one-on-one tournament style death match, and whichever series has the most winners wins. So I will name a character from uh, Plague Clowns and a character from uh, Jabez, and as a group, we'll determine who would win in a uh, hand-to-hand combat. All right, shall we start? Yes, we shall. Sure. All right, first and foremost, from the Jabez Flintwick corner. Does that make sense? Are you okay? Yes. Are you having? Are you yeah. okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm great. Right. Right. <laughs> I just, okay. just want to make sure. From Jabez Flintwick, Salem Patriot. We. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. Ooh, Take a deep wow. breath. From Jabez Flintwick, <laughs> Salem Patriot, we have Patrick Henry versus mm. from the Plague Clowns, Wolston Poorgrave. Whoa! All right, wow. Andrew, go ahead and start us off. Oh uh, well, I, I voice both of them. Um, so you're starting with your, both of my children. That's how we're starting. Um. <sighs> I feel like Patrick Henry was like a military guy too, and Wollstone is like a old player. So I think Patrick Henry, he led the Virginia militia for real. So Patrick Henry. Ryan? Pat- Patrick Henry. What what oh, obviously Patrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you want to weigh in? Was well, you mean? Do I want to play the game that we're all playing right now? Is that, was that the question that you just asked me? Well, well, it's it's already settled because you know two of the votes have already gone for Patrick oh. Henry. But it's interesting to hear your take on it. So you're let me get this straight real quick. You're playing a game <laughs> where if two people answer the same, the third one's vote doesn't matter. That's how. I think that's he's, the just, game. Well, I think that's he's kinda, assuming I think he knows that's just how voting works. If the three, <laughs> if there's three people, well then he's, yeah, he's assuming I'll, your vote is going to go a certain way, Tom. I think oh, he is no, assuming uh, that, and I guess we'll never know because now I'm not going to answer. <laughs> so that is, is Andy one... not going to vote in this? Andy, you're not, you're not, you're not taking a vote. I... Yeah, why would you not take a vote, Andy? Because I came up with them, and it's kind of. Oh, I see. I so know. two out of three. I see. It's two out of three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, That's... I'm, you know, I'm the host. I'm kind of on it's... a different level from you guys. Uh, yeah, you are yeah, far, far below us. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that's one point for Jabez Flintwick, Team Jabez Flintwick. Here we go. From Team Plague Clowns, we have Arlecchino versus from Team Jabez Mort. Mm. <laughs> Two psychopaths. And uh, since Tom didn't get to vote last time, let's start with Tom. Uh, Mort, obviously. He is uh, just a brutish fellow. Uh, Ryan? Arlecchino's Italian, and they've got those. They've got that temper, and they're really good with blades. I, I'm going to go with Arlecchino on this one. All right, we that, have a genuine tiebreaker. Oh, wow. good, good. Kane gets to make the tiebreaker. That's nice. Uh, why you don't think I'm you don't think I'm qualified no, I, to make I, the tiebreaker? I, I, I enjoy it when all three of us get to play the game. I think that's fun. <laughs> um, I 
There's an unknown factor of Arlecchino that I think has to give him the edge. He's just, Absolutely. you know, he wears the mask. He adopts the, his character's name. You know, Mort might be a psychopath, but he's like, he's at least a kind of stereotypical psychopath. Like if you left him alone, he wouldn't bother you, you know, type. Yeah, thing. like he's and just Arlecchino, like, is, yeah. I think he'd, he'd look for you. He, he's looking yes. for you, you know. Yeah, Mort, if you just let him stay on his land. You know, he'll he's just going to make his runs to the store to buy his skull or whatever, and uh, <laughs> his chaw. Pack skull, skull is skull is a brand of of chaw. <laughs> <laughs> if no one knows what either of those are, then use good for the you. Internet. <laughs> no, yeah, Arlecchino. I'm from rural Pennsylvania as well, uh, Andrew. <laughs> so I certainly know about that. All right, so that's one for the play uh, team plague. We're all tied up here. Okay, from Team Plague, Niku, versus from Team Jabez, the old-timey New England proprietor. Oh. Uh, Ryan. Oh, um, just going with the gut reaction, it's, it's, it's the Eastern European Niku. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. A New Englander is not going to stand a chance against Eastern Europeans. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. Okay. Miku was the one I played, right? Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> so this is oh, this is <laughs> <that's right. laughs> this is conflicting because I always like voting for uh, myself, uh, but I'm going to have to go with the New England proprietor, uh, mostly because I want to hear what has, Kane has to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm flattered. I just want to piss Werner off. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Uh, well, Niku is a is a magician. Uh, he like knows how to make. Was he? Well, he. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew. I knew. He, he knew how to make explosives anyway. So that I think that might give him a little bit of an edge over the uh, soda pop shop. I mean, he makes a mean sarsaparilla, though, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I will say, though, I do Don't think there's a darkness five. in that proprietor. Yeah, yeah in, in episode five, yeah, he mm. does kind of, he, he, he loses it, right? <laughs> um, I, yeah, my vote is, is staying with Niku, though. He's, 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 got the, he's got the special skills resume to back it. <clears throat> All right, Niku it is. Another point for Team Plague. And here we go. From Team Jabez, Thorndike Proctor versus mm. from Team Plague Clowns, The Master. Oh, stop it. <sighs> wow. Stop. A lot of action. A lot of, lot of potential on this question. Uh, a lot of cards on the Kane, table. I don't think you've wow. gone first yet. <clears throat> okay. uh, I went first the first time, but it's good that I'm going <laughs> first now. Okay. Um, I think, you know... A warlock is uh, ultimately in service to the devil. And if the master is indeed the devil, then uh, he's going to win every time. So I'm the master. Hmm. Hmm. Ryan? Damn. If, if, <laughs> if Thorndike was, was, was basically kind of put down by his own daddy, then I'm sure... The master can take care of him too. So, absolutely, the master. Okay, it's the master. Moving on. I just want to quickly. <laughs> oh, oh. Hmm? 
I just want to quickly say uh, that I would have said <laughs> Thorndike only because I, I did not like the guest we had who played the master. Oh, I thought it was man. a very, very poor interpretation of that character Stop and a it. horrible performance. Stop it. Just saying, one, I just say, never going to use Neil that. Neil is a sweetheart. I don't Neil, know. He, Neil, doesn't, Neil doesn't listen to this anyway, so I'm sure he's not going to care, but he's a sweetheart. What was his name? Neil. Neil. Neil Rathwin. That guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very difficult to work with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always bit. late. Always underprepared. Mm. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys didn't have to, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's know fine. if we'll, we'll, we'll use him again or not. Probably not. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's already settled, but let's, uh, let's do What's the, the last score right one now? anyway. Can you give us the quick it's score? Three for Plague, one for Jabez. Oh. Wow. Jabez. Some, I guess there's just some heartier, you know, dirtier, yeah. uh, you know, rough around the edges characters perhaps in, in three yeah. rounds. but let's let's play the last round it anyway. was a dark oh. season yeah <laughs> it was uh all right so uh the final uh match is between and this is sort of the uh the title match here Hane <laughs> versus <laughs> versus <laughs> finch, finch. Oh. <laughs> oh man who's finch Finch is the, the bird that the narrator plays. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Oh. Ryan, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> is it just Finch or is it Finch and the opossum? You know, Ollie, Ollie the opossum. Tag team? No. Kane, he has my heart. He just, he's there. <laughs> There's no... Kane just, you know... He's got that back kick. What's the bird got? It's got the peck, you know? Uh, uh. All that bird wants to do is just eat bugs out of Hane's ears. Tom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, even though it took me until the third episode to be able to pronounce his name correctly, I don't <laughs> to go with Kane. <laughs> I still can't do it. That's not quite it. Kane? Uh, yeah, it's a sweep. I mean, as, as much as I love the narrator's uh, attempts to um, voice a separate character, I, I, the, yeah, Hane is he's everything. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. By a score of four to one, it's the Plague Clowns overcoming Jabez Flintwick, Salem Patriot. Sorry. When you say attempt, Andrew. <laughs> Well, that music is supposed to signify a new segment. <laughs> but if you want to go ahead and wrap up real you quick. Did you did push it a little quick there, Werner. You jumped the gun a little quick. Like, no, no, no. When Andrew cool. said the narrator's attempt at another character, <laughs> are you saying that he failed in that attempt? With a N- character? No, I think I'm just oh. referencing his efforts to regain control in a very rebellious okay. season. So his his attempts to not no, I mean, in my opinion, I, those two, the, the <laughs> Ollie, Ollie the Opossum and Finch the the Finch uh, voices are, are some of my favorites in the whole everything we've ever done. <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead, Andrew. All righty. Well, it is time for a new game here on Chatter and Lore. It's called oh What Would Daddy Tom Do? 
And as some of you may oh. know, our very own Tom has reproduced. Mm-hmm. Hey! And it says here in parentheses. I'm sorry, I have to read what it says in, in parentheses. Uh, surprisingly, not asexually. Oh, I don't know who put, who oh. put that in? Interesting. I, I, you didn't I just didn't, let, I didn't, didn't just want to read that. half. Yeah, I didn't want to read that, Tom, because I feel it's a little insulting. But I had. To. I like to think Tom would <clears throat> spore. He would do. He yeah. Would just yeah. Like... <laughs> Wait, what, what is? Oh, no. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Tom's daughter is only a few weeks old. So three Tom weeks. Had... Three weeks yesterday. Yep. Wow. I think yeah, but when this airs, it'll she'll be oh, like yes, an old lady. Be, yeah, a little she'll bit. Be like... But at this, at the time of tapings, uh, she's only a few weeks old. So Tom has some time before his parenting skills are truly put to the test. But <laughs> we thought we'd give him a little introductory trial to see if this, if, if his parenting muscles are truly warmed up. Here's how it works. I will present uh, Tom and the group actually with a difficult parenting dilemma. <laughs> 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 Ryan and Andrew will answer first, not with how they would handle it, but they will try to predict how Tom will handle it. <laughs> then, <laughs> then Tom gets to set the record straight and enlighten us with the true parenting wisdom oh. we know is bubbling just below the surface. All right, are we ready for scenario number one? Uh, never never more ready in my life. And this goes in chronological order of your child's life. Okay, so here we go. Uh, parenting dilemma number one. <clears throat> Tom, you go to pick your child up from preschool only to see her being picked on by a group of other kids. Daddy Tom, what do you do? Ryan? How would Tom Kicks handle the other that? kids in the face. <laughs> Physically harms the other children. <sighs> Andrew, I'm going to say the exact opposite. He doesn't do anything in front of the others, but he goes when he when he brings the when he brings baby home. He teaches baby uh, a very important lesson on the on the importance of standing up for oneself, and that that lesson could not be learned in any better way than by actually doing it on her own. All right, Daddy Tom, please enlighten us. <clears throat> this is uh she's in kindergarten. Uh says here preschool. A preschool. Um and that and that's that's the most important part because if it's preschool then Kane is absolutely 100% right. That is exactly what I would do. <laughs> if, yeah. it's, if it's if it's 8th grade, I would do exactly what Waylon's answer was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh okay, scenario number 2. We're moving along. Ah oh, god her- Time's going by so quickly already, Tom. It's it's third grade. And your child wrote a report. Very, you know, simple report. It's third grade. But Mm. she wrote a report on a subject that the school deems to be controversial. (laughs) You you feel the subject is appropriate and want to support your child. (laughs) However, the school is clear that she must either redo the paper on another subject or take a failing grade. What do you do? Andrew. Oh, God. Um, tell her to do it anyway. Uh, okay. Ryan? This is third grade we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Oof. Well, there would first, there would be extensive meetings with the school hierarchy themselves first. <laughs> there would be... <laughs> <laughs> And then once legal action is threatened against Tom by the school for <laughs> harassment and other 
other uh, elements, Tom will eventually tell the daughter to mea culpa, mea culpa, and switch what she's writing about. All right, Tom, please enlighten. <clears throat> this, is, this is really interesting. Uh, first of all, Kane is 100% wrong. I would never tell him this to <laughs> Whalen is almost right. The first thing I would do, though, is read the report and make sure that it wasn't offensive and it was actually in line with the assignment and that, and that it really is just a matter of the, of the school finding the subject material to be offensive. As long as, what she, yeah, as long as what she wrote was fine, then I would take it all the way to the school board if I had to. I would hold rallies, and, I, and if it came down to it, if they really were insistent, then I would simply just withdraw my daughter from the school. Hmm. I really would. That's that is just Love that is uh, uh-huh. great question. Great question. And you know why it bothers you so much? Because you see that as a distinct possibility. It is. It's not even a distinct possibility. <laughs> it's almost a certainty. <laughs> by the time, yeah, by the time she's in third grade. Yep. All right. Uh, next scenario. It's fifth grade. Your child has been invited to a sleepover at a friend's house. You hear through the grapevine that the kids are planning to watch an R-rated movie. What do you do? Ryan. Oh, um... He would ask Ashley if it's okay, and if it is, then he's okay with it. Andrew. I think it just depends on what the movie is, what the, what it, what it's getting the R rating for, and then maybe you know he you know Tom knows a, a lot of movies, he's seen a lot of movies, so if he knows the specifics, maybe just sit down ahead of time and say, hey, listen, you know this is you're gonna see this thing, you know, I don't know, <laughs> try to try to try to you know try to whatever, like you know, I think that for for me it's. <clears throat> The question is like, is it a sex R movie or is it a violence R movie or is it, you know, something in between R? Because <clears throat> R, you know, movies can get R ratings for like just having foul language, um, or adult situations, whatever that means, or they can have an R rating because someone gets their head chopped off, and you know, like, <clears throat> I think he has to very carefully consider what the R rating has been assigned for, and then. You know, be able to either talk talk through. You know, if she has questions about it, you know that kind of thing. Tom, enlighten. Interesting. Um, Whalen's one hundred percent wrong. I would never ask Ashley what her feelings. That's, that's, that's absurd. <laughs> um, I, I I probably wouldn't care. Whatever it was, um, I watched The Exorcist and the Poltergeist movies when I was in third grade. So, um. I wouldn't be too upset about what what an R-rated movie, you know. I might ask her, you know, what she felt about it, but that's part of being a kid is watching movies you're not supposed to watch. Let's say it's Eyes Wide Shut. (laughs) (laughs) That's NC-17. Yeah, I I don't think that's R, but I would actually probably sit down with her and be like, did you get it? Because I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who were they? Uh, All right, here we go. Jumping Who were they ahead t- again. Jumping ahead once again. After ha- <laughs> after having it. after having been encouraged by a high school theater teacher, your child passionately desires to go to college to pursue a career in the arts. Passionately. What do you do, Andrew? Um you know, relay your own experience very, uh, very, very vocally. Lay down what your experience was. 
because that was that was Tom's experience. Um, uh, going anyway, not necessarily very passionately or whatever, but he did it. So he can he can tell her what it was from his experience and maybe offer uh, what an alternative might be for her. Ryan. <clears throat> he first tells her that if he, she decides to go to school for theater, he's not putting one penny towards that education. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. I and, I think it, <laughs> and I think if it goes from there, he's just going to straight up euthanize her. He's just going <laughs> to... <laughs> Tom, enlighten. Yeah, both, both, both pretty close. Um, I think the question could just as easily be, your daughter decides to go to college, what do you do? Uh, and the answer would be, I would sit down and just show her all the bills from my student loans and say, do you really want this in your life? Um, and then if she did want to go for theater, I would just, I, no, I just wouldn't support that. I mean, it's her life. If she wants to take out $60,000, that's fine. Uh, I'm not going to co-sign the loans, and I'm certainly not going to put any money into it. <clears throat> So we sorry, not sorry theater. You don't go to four-year college for theater. You just don't do it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and of course, for the people that might be list, like joining, you know, haven't listened to all of our episodes. That is exactly what all four of us did. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not just taking oh. some kind of blind stance on this, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, final okay. scenario. Here we go. Sorry, this is it. If, if this has to do with her wedding. Oh, yeah. Waylon, you got something? No, I was just saying a wave of depression came over me after, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Okay, just keep, just keep going. I'm gonna, I gotta pull myself out right. this. Just keep going. <laughs> oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the last one. The final scenario. <clears throat> Your child wants to date. What do you do? Oh, my God. Ryan. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I think Tom would be very, very upfront about it. He, you know, no, very, very crystal clear on moral beliefs regarding relationships between, you know, who she's dating and then um, just make that crystal clear, and then I think he would trust her to make the right decision because of his, because of him and Ashley's <clears throat> good job in raising her. That was very sweet. Yeah, that was a little too sweet, if you ask me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think that he would want to know who the who who the other who the person she's dating is. Um. Uh, and, uh, yeah, get to know them, you know, not, not to sort of send her out blindly with, uh, you know, with a stranger to him anyway. <clears throat> I don't know. I think that's get to know the, All get right. to know the boy. Tom enlighten. <clears throat> I think I would have a, a, a tier structure, um, where <laughs> if she wanted to date somebody, it would have to be. You know, the boy comes over, has dinner with us. We get to know him. Uh, they're not allowed, you know, in, in un, like down in the basement. They're not allowed up in the rooms. They have to stay in the family room if they want to watch a movie or something. And then, you know, as I get to know the boy, if I appreciate him, if I understand that he was respectful, if we're on the same page, I might allow her, him to take her out to a movie or something. But boundaries, very clearly identified 
boundaries, um, you know, gradually increasing with the amount of freedom and flexibility that uh, she gets. But this whole idea of just dating, just to just to just oh, I'm gonna pick up, pick you up, and honk the horn, and you come running out to my car. No, it's not gonna happen like that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I can imagine if <laughs> the boy actually thinking he could do that. Uh, <laughs> it would be funny. Come out. Yeah, it would almost be funny to watch somebody do that. Oh, <sighs> old man Hodgkin kept yelling at me. I was just waiting for her. <laughs> no, it's just that he keeps honking and honking and nobody's coming, but he knows she's in there. So eventually he comes crawling up to the door, knocks, Tom opens it. It's 7 p.m. He says, like, no, sh- she's she's gone to bed now. <laughs> It's time for I, I. We decided it was time for her to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You have to leave. That's right. <clears throat> well, we've sorted it all out for you, Tom. You're welcome. <clears throat> I appreciate all of this guidance. I really need it too. So yeah, and, and there's a recording of this too, so you can listen to this whenever. I was actually just thinking. I'm really. I'm looking forward to like our our 20th reunion of Root Alchemy, where we can sit down and this will be one of the things that we you know talk about. Like, hey, how did this work out? Absolutely. All right. Nice job, everybody. Good job, Daddy Tom. Thank you. Now that we've covered chatter, it's time for lure. This episode, we have one story to share. It's from Andrew. The only cra- <sighs> there it, <is>. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> me. It wasn't me. You didn't think you were going to get away with that one of those, did you? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah right. that was that was that was just a that was just I don't know. I didn't even have any soda. It was just just gas that just <laughs> built up in my gut. <laughs> decided to come out. <laughs> So oh, is this, I is this the first episode of Chatter and Lore where you weren't drinking? Oh no, I'm drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first that... time I've drank since I've been a father, but I'm drinking. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, stories from Andrew has to be set in the Jabez universe during a time that's not inside the immediate storyline. Andrew, take it away. I have something a little bit different from what we've what we normally do. Uh, I'm just going to, just going to dive in an excerpt from a lecture on humoralistic malfeasance and pretty ladies that refuse to acknowledge the existence of well-meaning gentlemen of an appropriate station by Dr. Melchizedek Dramward to first year students at the university of Brightbean, Mordron, Bastionshire upon teacup. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen, who wants to start? Come on, don't be shy. You're all eager young chaps, flooded with hot blood and yellow bile. Speak up. Jennings? Well, sir, I'm courting one who refuses to allow me to hold her hand. Poor chap. If the wench did allow you to touch her hand, I'd wait you'd find it startlingly cold. Is she typically heavily dressed? Yes, sir. Just as I suspected, she has an overactive spleen. Feed her a hot broth to counter the surplus of black bile. Quite hot, yes. She may protest, but piping hot it must be. Hot, hot, hot. As hot as your fire will allow. In fact, pop into the potters down the street and heat it in his kiln. Get it hot, man. And all of it she must drink, yes. All of this scorching hot broth you must force down her icy throat. It is, after all, for her own good, yes. And yours, yes. For you'll get to touch her hand, lucky chap. Next. Hastings? It's often my Barbara won't laugh at my jokes. What? <laughs> Preposterous. You're quite the funny chap, isn't he, Jennings? Yes, sir. 
Terribly funny chap. Preposterous. Have you tried observational humour? Yes. Satire? Yes. Puns? As often as I can. And she won't laugh, won't she? Preposterous. Awfully funny chap like Hastings, and she won't laugh. Eh, Jennings? Yes, sir. Hey, Hastings? Uh, yes, sir. Horribly funny chap, poor Hastings. Drastically funny chap, poor Hastings. Murderously funny chap, poor Hastings. Hastings? Yes, sir. I'm afraid she may have phlegm on the brain. Phlegm on the brain, sir? I'm afraid she might, which is serious. Not like Jennings. No scalding molten heart broth can fix phlegm on the brain. I see, sir. At fear not, Hastings, you filchingly funny chap, you. Phlegm on the brain often simply has to be knocked loose. Knocked loose? That's right, Hastings. You disgustingly funny chap. You rapingly funny chap. You must simply knock it loose and hope that it will fall out her nose and eyes and ears. Won't it harm her to start knocking her about the head? Harm her? Harm her, Hastings, you apocalyptically funny chap. Has she not harmed you by not laughing at your piss-drinkingly funny humour? And besides, man, there seems to be such an incredible excess of phlegm on her brain that it shall act as a cushion as you very medically and scientifically knock her about the skull. What if she starts to bleed? Bleed! Bleed, man! I want you all to pay attention now. Is everyone listening? Because this is serious. Your first-year student's fine, but listen. If a woman with a phlegmatic brain is bleeding from the head, it indicates that the phlegm is cleared. In other words, you've cured her. In other words, don't stop knocking her about the head until she starts bleeding, yes? What if she just has a different sense of humour, sir? (laughs) Sense of which humour? Like a yellow bile? No, like what makes her laugh differs from what makes me laugh. Have you gone completely mad, Hastings? Magically funny chap that you are. What was the joke you told me the other day? Uh, what is a witch with poison ivy called? Go on, Jennings. Sorry, sir. Hastings, tell it to Jennings, and Jennings, you go on and answer. Go on. What is a witch with poison ivy called? I don't know. What? An itchy witchy. <laughs> now, Hastings, that's funny. <laughs> that's sonorifically satisfying. Did you tell her that joke? Yes, sir. And? Look, she didn't laugh. Hastings, you impossibly ungodly and fantasidedly funny fellow, if a woman will not laugh at a joke like that, I'm afraid you have no choice but to beat her about the head until she bleeds. Very good. Next, Worthings. There's a woman I'd very much like to know better, but when I speak to her, she seems disinterested and quickly excuses herself from my company. Flighty little Jenny you've got on your hands, eh, Worthings? And you a handsome, stalwart chap of a certain station, entirely worthy of her intention. Handsome! Eh, Jennings? Yes, sir. Eh, Hastings? Yes, sir. Eh, Worthings? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Handsome, bloody chap. And a choleric, bloody wench. But, Worthings, in times like these, times of seemingly inexcusable injustice, when a handsome, upright, charming man like you must endure the indifference of a snobbish, priggish, broody little bitch with an overactive liver, we must remind ourselves that she simply cannot help it. Any more than Jennings' strumpet cannot help not wanting to hold his hand. Any more than Hastings' harlot can help not laughing at his brutal baby decimating humour. And before I go into the detailed instruction regarding how you must lock this choleric yellow bile-ridden little trollop into a closet under your staircase for several weeks and put her on a diet of moth dust and honey worthings because unfortunately that is what you must do, I want to take the time once again to relay the unfortunate but necessary reminder of the lesser sex utter helplessness 
These poor beasts we call women cannot help that they don't want to hold your hand or laugh at your joke or even acknowledge your existence. They are slaves to the magic fluids that dictate all life and well-being. And unlike men, they are most especially susceptible to the flux of these fluids caused by the distemper of their moon blood, the hot bubbling juice of original sin passed down by their brood mother Eve, and that haunted barnyard we call the womb. Thank the good Lord for science, so we may better understand. In conclusion, if you're feeling glum about the unfounded reactions of women, don't be. It's not your fault, and it's not hers either. Not entirely, anyway. I'm afraid I'll have to conclude a little early today. I need to get home to the best and favouritest, most perfect person in the whole world, my mother. Class dismissed. Yeah! Bravo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was digging through some medical textbooks, and I found that. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That guy was Excerpt. a dick, though. <laughs> oh, as Where as the father again? of a daughter, I'm highly offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, you know. It's, uh, you know, they just didn't understand. They just thought that they thought they had science on their side. And, you know, I would have it's just a different time. It's just a different time. Where was, where was who? Uh, with this lecture? Yeah, where the was lecture? that lecture? The lecture was given at the University of Brightbean, Mordron, Bastinshire upon upon teacup. Bastinshire upon teacup. Beautiful, beautiful place in the winter, though. Just breathtaking. Yeah. I've never been. I've never been. Oh, you have to go. You and Julia would love it. I was in. We were. We were in London, and we were in. Uh, we were in um, Bath. Um, but we didn't make it all the way up to uh, Bastish and Share upon Teacup. Well, no wonder you were spending uh. all your time in London in that bath together. Uh, okay, yeah. so moving on. Anybody uh, else have anything? Uh... <laughs> separate. Yep. Separate. All, all of our listeners in Bath will be. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us for the perfect Ru- example of what happens when you give somebody like Werner just a little bit of power. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, nothing. He didn't say anything. I'm... He didn't say anything. Oh, okay. You keep going. All right. <clears throat> thanks for joining us for Rude Alchemy Chatter and Lore. It's time. It's time for a very special announcement. The title of our mm. next season. Ryan, <gasps> take it away. Whoa, whoa. Hold on, I have to open up my email real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. my God. <laughs> Here it comes, everybody. Oh. Hold on. No, no, seriously. Wait. wait. <laughs> I mean, I know what the topic is, but what's the... Did we come... We had, the, we had an entire conversation about it before we started recording. That's when I, would, that's when I muted it. I don't, that's before I got on. <sighs> I honestly don't know what to do right now. You just say it. Do the announcer. The announcer says it. The announcer? Okay. All right. Yeah, the announcer. Who's the announcer? That was was last time. Ryan, I I want you to say it, okay? And then we'll (laughs) we'll just correct you. We'll just correct you if you're wrong in how you say it, all right? It'll be okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> we can get through this together. Go ahead. Here we uh, go. Roll. Here it comes. Can you like take the lead? And I'll, yeah, right. I'll give you a lead. The title of our next season oh. is <laughs> Carver Crane Bottom and the <laughs> Stop, stop, stop there. No. Stop. stop. No. Carver Crane Bottom returns. <laughs> No, honestly, where where was this communicated? <laughs> <laughs> this, don't don't do that disappointing. Uh, you side. know, what, actually, now that I think about it, we we should we, let's just have this conversation on the air. It should be something else. Carver Crane Bottom, blah blah blah. We, we were saying Carver Crane Bottom Bone Detective Chapter Two. Oh, I forgot about the bone detective. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. okay. He's still a bone detective, unfortunately. Carver yeah. Crane Bottom Bone Detective. Stuff. Chapter two. There it is, everybody. <laughs> now you got it. Perfect. Wow. Unless we change it. <laughs> uh, and um, we got a special bonus annou- announcement, too, that I will do oh, right now. Okay. Oh, wow. Thank God. To get you in the mood for both the continuation of Carver Crane Bottom and the joy of the holiday season, we are very proud to announce that coming this December, we will be releasing a Rude Alchemy Carver Crane Bottom Bone Detective Christmas Special. Mm. Let that sink in for a second, everybody. Uh, So warm. Uh, Get ready for that. David Alt is going to be very happy if no one else. (laughs) So that's in December. All right. Uh, Okay, let me say things. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And please continue to ask us some questions. You know, we didn't get any new questions between the time that we had questions last time. So ask some questions. We did get some, but maybe we'll do them. We did? Because we had some Twitter questions. Do you say, all right. Well, anyway. And remember, every time you ask a question, Whalen gets a little bit more hopeful. And we like it when Whalen's hopeful about things. I didn't get that. Excuse I didn't me? understand that, but that's okay. I don't. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like. But no, it's okay, Tom. Question I mean, Angel gets his wings. Or something. I thought you were going to do a play on that. That's what I was oh. doing. It's, it was a play. Oh. On, we should just end, we should we should just end this. Okay. Wow, it's, just, uh, it's all down. All right. Here. Oh, we were supposed to laugh at that. Oh, oh. <laughs> I get it. All right, let's say our goodbyes, everybody. <laughs> forever. <laughs> goodbyes forever. Uh, Goodbye. Uh, Goodbye forever. See you. See you in the holiday season. Uh, Yay. Uh, so long. Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Wertner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. 
This episode's story written by Mr. Kane. Intro and outro music by Old Town Wake. All other music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. To support Brood Alchemy and gain access to exclusive content like blooper reels from every season, visit broodalchemy.com support. You're listening to Friday Follies. Jokes, laughs, and guffaws to tickle your funny bone on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow morning on Mutual for Saturday Story Circle. Bring the kids, your coloring books and crayons, and get the whole family into a great start to the day with audio cartoons. You can always subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or discover Saturday Story Circle in your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. 